Kathy Cano Murillo is the crafty chica. She's the author of several craft books and novels and creates product lines for major manufacturers in addition to co-owning Mucho Mas Art Studio in Phoenix. In this episode, we talk about passing creativity from generation to generation, where to shop for Mexican jewelry like Frida Kahlo's, tips for channeling your energy into your art, and more. It's Raised by a Maker Month here on Jewelry Artist, and Kathy Cano Murillo, I am so excited to have you here with us. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here too. Yeah, and I wish everybody could see your creative space behind you, so at some point we'll have to get a picture of you sitting there in your studio. That's so fun. Colorful. Yeah, it helps keep the inspiration going. <laughs> Definitely. Do you find yourself, you just keep putting things up and taking things down and it sort of evolves over the years? Well, I'm very intentional about everything. So right now, this is a collection of different things that people have sent to me, either oh, from cool. tutorials or my products. And anytime I get stressed out, I just turn and look at those items and I say, it's all going to be okay. We're here to have fun. Oh, I love that. And that's how neat to be surrounded by your work that was presented to you by other people. You know, it's one thing to be creating your own work, but for other people to be using your products, emulating your style, and then sharing that with you. How cool. Yes. It's a reminder that it's about community. You know, we're never alone here where it's always about community and it just, especially during the pandemic, it was just so nice to connect with people online and, you know, have these things behind me to, to feel like I'm never alone, we're all going to get through it. So it's been really helpful. Yeah, it's really powerful. And something that is different about your business is that you have your family working with you a lot of the time. Tell us what that's like. Well, my husband is a painter and a musician. So when we got married, we were like, yeah, let's do the artist life. And we just celebrated our 31st wedding anniversary. Wow, congratulations. We've always stayed true to being working creatives. And we have two kids and both of them are in the influencer space as well. My daughter works for BuzzFeed. She's uh, Her um, brand is Maya in the Moment. And so she does a bunch of fun things out in LA with her brand. And my son, his is The Geek Life. And his is a, a brand that's all about tech, pop culture, um, gaming. He has his own Twitch series. And so he does, they, both of them grew up helping me. And then on their 16th birthday, I bought them each their own website. And they they are as adults. My daughter's 28. My son is 30. And they're, they made it a thing. That's amazing. How gratifying, too, as a creative person to have your kids grow up and want to do it. Oh, my gosh. I love it because we all can relate to each other. We have brainstorming sessions together. We know how what kind of specific support to offer each other. So it has been a really awesome experience. Oh, how wonderful. What a wonderful hand-me-down or hand-me-up. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's cool. Um, are your parents creatives too? My dad and my grandmother, my whole, um, the Kano side of my family, yes. Like going back three, four generations to Zacatecas, 
Mexico, they had a blanket business and that was just their side business. They had a full-time job uh, doing like field production work. And then they had their blanket business where they made woven blankets. And then that just, you know, went through the whole family lineage of sewing and crafting and more um, like utilitarian type of crafts of what, you know, sewing and all of that. But when it came to um, my grandmother, she was all about the crochet doilies and the fluffy wedding albums and sewing dresses for everyone. And, and my dad was a maker, like he made all kinds. He worked with resin. He worked with um, clay, making clay cars. He won contests where he traveled across the country to get his award at 16 years old. So they, they definitely passed it on to me. Well, and it's one thing too, to see that you can do it, you know, to see other people making and to pass along those skills. It's a whole other thing to see someone actually making a living or making a business, even a side business out of their art and craft. You know, what is really interesting is all of the things that my dad made from his heart that had no kind of monetary thing attached to it. He did them in his youth when he was a a teenager. And I only really knew the side of him that was the hard worker and the provider. And he turned Mm -hmm. his creative skills into, you know, doing all these things to make money for the family. And it wasn't until after he passed away that I just found all of these stories and pictures and things that he made newspaper articles about him. And I just always think like, wow, I wonder, I feel like it's kind of like my role now picking up where he left off. It sounds like it. Like it's okay to break away from that um, generational situation where it's like, no, you got to work a nine to five and do your hobbies on the weekend. And I'm like, no, I want to do my hobby all the time. (laughs) Well, you are totally doing that. (laughs) I commend you. (laughs) I can see it's all around you in every way. (laughs) So cool. (laughs) Well, and you've done so many different things from writing, writing books about crafts to Mm -hmm. writing novels, even, which I think is incredible and also creating product lines and having your own studio. Mm -hmm. So what does it feel like to be spinning all those plates all the time? You know, it feels wonderful. It is a lot of work. I do have a manager now who helps me stay organized with my, um, my influencer campaigns and my blog and things, you know, social stuff. ever since I hired her to help me, it helped me manage everything else. And I love it because I just look at it like, you know, life is like a big craft store of all of these cool sections. And I want to visit all those sections. I want to try them. I want to see what else is out there. And sometimes I go into more phases than other phases, But it's just fun to explore and make the most of all the opportunities that are out there. Sometimes things don't work out and that's okay. And sometimes they totally click and take off and that's awesome. But it's really the beauty of the experience of of trying and seeing what happens and just letting go of the like the narratives we tell each other of why we can't do things or why something won't work or, you know, all of the things that 
we're used to hearing of just like kind of erasing those and saying, you know what, I'm going to try this. Even though everyone says it doesn't work, I'm going to go for it. Let's see what happens. And then it usually works because everyone isn't trying it because they say it won't work. (laughs) Right. Not so much expectation and pressure, maybe. Well, I know you've spent some time trying life in the jewelry aisle. And I've seen your resin work and polymer clay and all kinds of things. And one of your projects that I really enjoyed was the copper and silver piece that you made. Um, I think it was a bolo tie and a bracelet or a pendant. Yeah, that's cool. Do you do a lot of silver, silver work? Well, at that time, I was a brand ambassador for a torch company. And it was so funny, Katie. This is total like truth talk here, right? (laughs) Was that your first project? You can tell me. No, it wasn't my first. I was with them for three years and they were known for these huge torches. And I'm like, give me the micro torch. Like I can work with the micro torch. And every month when I had to do a project, I had so much trouble with it. And I would cry. I would have pardon the pun, I would have a meltdown. (laughs) But in the end, I I came out with some really cool projects. And I'm really happy that I tried it. Because never in a million years did I think I would be doing silver jewelry or copper jewelry. And because, Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to do a good job for this company. I just really, you know, went out of my comfort zone. And so I did the three years. I haven't used my micro torch since, but it's like smiling at me from my cabinet. Yeah. It's like, come on, girl, (laughs) we've bonded. Like, I'm not going to hurt you. (laughs) So thank you for for liking that project. Oh, yeah. It was so fun. Because a lot of effort went into it and just the best intentions. And it's so funny when, you know, they, when the brand will post it on their social media, they're used to having torch customers who build sheds or who like are building, you know, plumbing or things for their pool. It's more industrial style. And then here I come with the little cactus bolo tie. And they're like, (laughs) what is this? (laughs) And I would always go on and I'd say, I am representing, you know, women who want to be creative and learn how to use a torch so we can be confident to graduate to bigger torches. Like, oh my gosh, it, it was fun though. It was, I met a whole bunch of new people. I bet. So you really were spreading yourself around all the different craft aisles and the hardware aisles and a bunch of other aisles. <laughs> yeah, I think those projects are fun because I also have done some commercial projects of things that I didn't know that much about. But then you have to become an expert in the process of learning how to teach someone else to do it. You know, all the research that you do and all the time you spend on Pinterest and, you know, practicing. And just trying to find something new, something new to do. And that's what I loved about it was it really pushed me to try something new. And I will go back and use my micro torch and do more silver work. I mean, it was I I enjoyed it at the time. It was just stressful because it was, you know, you have deadlines and you want your client to be happy and all of that. Now, just freestyle. I'm like, okay, let's get the torch. Let's make some more jewelry. <laughs> yeah, just bust it out. Mm-hmm. Do you have um, rituals for yourself for when you feel like really stressed about a project? Well, what I do, I definitely plan ahead. And what I do is I come up with 
if it's something that I'm not familiar with, or even if I am familiar, I'll come up with two or three different ideas and I'll sketch them out. And then as I'm working on the project, I know I'm going to make at least three versions, at least two to three versions so that if one doesn't come out, maybe another, so I'll have a choice by the end of it. And that helps me in that I learned through trial and error because I, before I would just try one project, if it didn't work, I'd have to start all over again. And that is stressful. So now when I'm designing like for a client, I just take it really serious and I will come up with concepts that are kind of have a, a, you know, diverse techniques. I will sketch them out. And as I start working on the project, I immediately know which one I'm going to do or which one's going to be the good one. And I love that because then at the end, when I go to take the picture, I know which one's going to be my beauty shot and which ones will be in the background or showing, you know, other types of elements. So that helps alleviate some stress. I just finished writing a new craft book. And that was kind of stressful coming up with all kinds of new projects for that. I must have changed the project list like a dozen times. So it's just constantly striving to innovate. I think it's challenging when there are so many different things out there already to really set yourself apart. You know, but I think you're the master of doing that is putting your own stamp on it. Even with something like the bolo tie, you used a cactus and a heart and it's you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Something where people can look at it and say, that's a Crafty Chica project. Right. Yeah. Even the torch guys, even the torch guys are <laughs> like, that's a Crafty Chica project. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could see you coming a mile away, huh? Yes. <laughs> is, do you think that that, I feel like that's just only become more so over the years, like your style has become more and more you? Is that something that you actively are seeking out? Well, it's, always been like that. I feel like ever since I was a kid, I have just always had my own style of things. However, as I've been going through life, I have met other people who have similar styles. And that's cool because it's like we're our own group. (laughs) Yeah. And what I always tell people is like, I don't feel like my style represents all of Latino style. You know, it's just me as Kathy, I happen to be Mexican American. And this is how I tell my story through what I make. So it's a little bit of all of those things. And then just being positive and incorporating affirmations along already with, you know, bright colors and lots of texture. So all of it rolled together is, is my style. There's different elements to it. And I just, I noticed those things. I I think I had um, worked with someone who told me like, pull out three things of what you make that make it you. And I immediately was like, I did it more in a way because I was in the entertainment industry at the newspaper. And I'm like, Ugly Betty meets Martha with a dash of Oprah optimism. There you go. That, as I made my projects, I'm like, oh my God, this totally fits those three things. You're right. I saw that in a movie one time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm aware of it. I, I look and even like, you know, for my book project, I was like, okay, should I do this or this? And my friend, um, Alexa Westerfield, 
she said, do it your style because it's crafty chica. Like, don't do it because it's like, oh, it's more trendy to do it this way. She's like, do it in your style. Style B is crafty chica. And I'm like, thank you for reminding me of that. I will paint one color, everything a different color. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you know. Yes. (laughs) And I love your mugs. Those are so fun. And those seem like each one seems like a little testament. Yes. Yes. I do a lot of ceramics. Both, uh, I design bisque for Paint on Pottery Studios that are sold all around the country. And then I do painted bisque and fire in my kiln and I do clay work and I have a wheel, but I just haven't set it up yet. It's in my garage. So I love doing ceramic jewelry. I definitely do ceramic jewelry. I use the little mini cookie cutters and I make little clay pieces and then I'll dip the ends in 14 karat gold and people love them. There's something about ceramics. It just it just is just so permanent, you know, it's like heavy and chunky, unless you drop it, then it's not permanent. But for the most part, it's, it's just a different kind of texture with jewelry that people like. Yeah, I could see that. I think it also shows the hand of the maker often, you know, it's not so perfect. Uh Uh-huh. And that's a good thing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, I know you have a group called the Fridas. Tell me about that. So the Phoenix Fridas, I founded that group in 2004 and I just got some friends together and it started as a a collective to just meet up once a month and craft together and talk and step away from our work, our families, and just talk about what it is to be a female creative. And it evolved into a group where we would host a birthday party for Frida every July And we do um, different art shows around town, different event community events. And there it's the group has changed a little bit, you know, with different members is sometimes people move and things like that. But we have 10 members and we still meet up now we're meeting up by zoom and we'll have another event in the summer for Frida. And so we always just kind of, last year we went to Mexico City together and we went to visit Frida's house. Oh, how fun. That was really exciting. And I I wrote a book about Frida too. Oh, I have to check that out. What's the name of it? It's called Forever Frida. And I know you are a hardcore jewelry maker. You will, in Mexico City, there is this one place, this market that you can go to every Saturday. It's very well known. And in that market is the nephew of the jewelry maker that made some of Frida's jewelry. Oh, wow. That Diego Rivera bought from his aunt to give to Frida and this other actress, Maria Felix, that he had been, you know, seen also while he was married to Frida. <laughs> he was a player. Oh, you know. He was a player. But it's just so amazing that, you know, if anyone is a Frida fan out there, you can go meet this man who is like one degree away from Frida. Do you know the name of that market or his his well the business? market is called it's in um San Angel and it's called it's Bazaar Sabado. It's in Mexico City. And it's like in, San Angel is a neighborhood in Mexico City. 
And then just when you go in there, um, I can send you the link, like after work, okay, yeah, this, please. I can send you the link, but it's just so fascinating that style of jewelry with the silver. And it was, it was like the filigree with the birds, um, just very ornate. And it, it was just very Frida. And this is the, the family that made that jewelry. It's called Mattel, M-A-T-E-L. And yeah, so check out that style of jewelry, like research it yeah, and you sounds... will get so much inspiration for jewelry making, a different kind of jewelry making from Mexico City. And that would be a wonderful pilgrimage too. I know, yes. It would. Yeah. With your group, the Fridas, do you all, um, do you talk, do some of them also have businesses as creatives? So do you kind of talk shop while you're crafting? Yes, we certainly do. Um, one of the Fridas, we co-own Mucho Mas Art Studio together. Oh, okay. Phoenix. And then um, some of the other Fridas, they'll do pop-ups with us. They have their own biz art businesses as well they all are hard workers. Like everyone has their own standalone business. We have an activist, we have um, an, an artist who does performance art and we have uh, two different painters. We have a person who does um, gardening, painting, mixed media, beading, like everyone has their own crafty superpower. That's awesome. I've, I have this image in my mind of you all standing with your arms locked together. Yes. You're all Wonder Woman, but yes. you have your arms locked together. <laughs> yes, that's, that's cool. It feels like that sometimes when we do our events. Oh, that's good. I'd love to come to one sometime. It's just down the road. Uh-huh. Well, tell me, what are you interested in doing right now? You mentioned that you finished up your book, and I'm sure you have 10 things you're ha that are happening right now, but what's one that you want to talk about? With everything going on last year, we all had to evolve our businesses. And everyone says pivot, but I call it evolving because we're still doing what we're doing. We're just like, we had to like change things up a little bit. And what came out of that was I ended up with, two, three amazing licensing deals. So one of them is through HSN and I have a paper crafting line on HSN. And so oh, I, I'm cool. on there, you know, like selling that every so often. And then I have a greeting card line that comes out in June through um, Madison Park Greetings, which is a division of designer greetings. And then I have two fabric collections coming out with Riley Blake Fabrics in, wow. in December. And then the book comes out in November. So it's going to be a really busy year. <laughs> I'll say, and it must have been really busy leading up to this too. How do you maintain... You said you have a manager, which is, I'm sure, super helpful. How do you maintain kind of the difference between your online life, your studio life, and your developing these business deals life? March was crazy. So March, we had a redesign of our store at Mucho Mas. I had my fabric collections and the book projects due all in March. And oh wow, I, I had two bouts of anxiety. I had, uh, I got a staff infection. Um, oh, no. it was just 
a crazy month. Like I got in a huge fight with my business partner, with the store. Like we were there till 1.15 in the morning, like, you know, rearranging the store. We were tired and everything's fine now, but it just, you know, it's not always sunshine and rainbows, like stress, anxiety happens, all of that. And what I had to do, luckily this was all kind of at the beginning of the month. So I had to become hyper-focused and my uh, business partner at the store, she's like, I will run the store the rest of the month. You do what you need to do with your business, with your projects, and I will handle this part of it. And that was a huge relief because I didn't have to worry about, I, you know, I, I said, okay, I'm not going to make anything for this store. I'm, I'm not going to refill my online store. I'm not going to do social. I'm just going to focus on these amazing opportunities because I want to enjoy the experience of designing fabric. And illustration is always like, a, a skill that I'm constantly working on. So I knew it was going to take me more time than usual. And so that's what I did. I just, I had to really learn how to manage my stress and manage my projects because at some point you can do everything, but there are some situations when you just can't, if you want to do a good job, you can't. And you, you have to say, okay, this is temporary, but right now I'm not going to make anything, you know, to sell at the store or my online store and everyone will still be there when I'm done. It's just having that higher frequency mindset um, of abundance. It's okay to stop these things now because they will be there when I'm ready for them when I'm done, as opposed to, oh no, I got to yeah. do everything because it's all going to go away. Right. And no, just trusting that some of those things will stay there for you. And that when they, when you come back around to paying more attention yeah. to them, that it will yes. improve. And also your store manager or your store friend, your yeah. store Frida, that's amazing to have her step up and take over for you. Yes. And it, it, and it all works out because this month she has two huge projects. So I'm covering for her in April. So it all works out. It all balances out. Yeah, that's stress. It's I could feel it in myself when you were talking about it. It's so familiar, you know, to have so many things happening at once that you really can't do them mm -hmm. all. And to have to decide is hard. Yes. Sometimes you got to go with the one you're most excited about or the one that's going to make most money or yes, whatever it is. Whatever you need, you know, it, it really is about being focused on your goals for your business and what you need to achieve, not only an end goal, but that month. And for me, I looked at, you know, these fabrics and this book is these are legacy projects that are going to be there for a long time. And I'm like, I got to do this right. I have to clear space for this. Whereas making mugs for the store, that's like $25 a mug. I Money will always be there. Sales will always be there. So it's just having a clear focus on the end goal. And that helped a lot. And again, just lots of affirmations like you should see my tiktok feed like this is funny so i normally like watch tiktok every night before i go to bed and there it's my feed is like all affirmational business strategy just really good positive things however for the month of march I started watching the Jenny Rivera story on Netflix which was 90 episodes and her life she it was all drama 
like trauma, trauma, trauma. It was based on her autobiography. And I honestly feel like that kind of spilled over into real life. Like because my energy is so strong that I take in and radiate that I took in all of this toxicity from the show, even though it was juicy, (laughs) it was such a good (laughs) soap opera about her life. And I finished it at the end of March and I, I would watch like, you know, a couple episodes before I went to bed every night. And now it's like, it's sunshine and roses again. So I'm like, I'm going to be very intentional for the entertainment that I consume. Because when you do have a strong vibration or you work on, you know, it it can have an effect on, on what goes on in your life too. Yeah, I feel that. I think that, um, you know, I would like to watch something too, to just sort of zone Mm -hmm. out. But you're not really zoning out if it's something stressful that yeah. you're watching, because then all of it's kind of can also be activating yes. inside ourselves. And I totally get what you're talking about and how I think we do have to be careful as creatives about what we put in our eyes, because it's all going to come out. It goes through in our your subconscious. Yeah, for sure. And if you want to have a really positive work, then, of course, you need to be looking at positive yeah. things. I know my husband one time. Um, he's like, oh, you know, this is what we have for dinner, this or this. And I'm like, don't you understand? I am broken inside. I am. Bro-. He's like, Kathy, do you want chicken or fish? I'm like, oh, sorry. Okay, chicken. You know, because <laughs> I've been watching the novella. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like quoting all the lines and everything. <laughs> I have to tell everybody I'm just cracking up over here because your smile is oh. so huge, even when you're talking about this. <laughs> I know it got a whole so. lot. Every every customer, like everyone, I'm like, well, in Jenny Rivera, da, 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 you know, <laughs> my husband's like, thank God, it's over with. <laughs> yeah, you have to get some kind of, you have to have him sign sign some kind of waiver with yes, the next series definitely. that you choose, huh? That he can sign off, be like, okay, I support yes. you through this. Ninety episodes. <laughs> It's like for oh, better or worse. Funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Well, it's so good to talk to you. And here is just even a little snapshot into your life. And I feel like you're creating this lifestyle brand that goes beyond jewelry or sewing or any type of craft really into anything that people want to try. Yeah. So I really appreciate you taking some time with me today. And I have to beg you for a cocktail or smoothie or coffee drink recommendation too to complete our lifestyle for today. My favorite, well, I have a lot of favorite coffee drinks, but if you just want a burst of delicious coffee, I love Dalgona coffee. Have you remember during the pandemic, like everyone was making it? So oh, yeah. I use a, either Cafe Bustelo instant coffee or Cafe de Oya instant coffee or any kind of instant coffee, two tablespoons, two tablespoons of sugar and some milk two tablespoons of milk. No, 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 no. Two tablespoons of water. And then you, I use a a blender and you, it whips into, it looks like fluffy whipped cream and it's just concentrated coffee and it it is so delicious. And then you pour um, ice and then you can pour a little bit of milk and then you put top it with the Dalgona coffee and it just kind of like seeps and drips into the milk and it's really thick and creamy. It's so delicious. And I will make a little cup that's about maybe like four inches, five inches. 
and I'll put a splash ice, a splash of milk, and then the Dalgona coffee in a little straw. It is so decadent. It's so good. So that's that my coffee good. suggestion for everybody. And, Ooh, and my last I love that. thing that I just want to say is to tell everyone to think big, think two, even five steps ahead of where you are right now. Otherwise, you'll just keep going on this circling around your same block over and over and over again. Make a plan on, you know, where, what are two steps ahead, something you want to do. And by doing that, like people say, how do you do all these things? Well, I've just always thought two steps ahead. So everything I do, it's moving in that direction. So that's just a little takeaway. Oh, that's a great tip. Thank you. Sure. Well, Kathy, where can people find you? You can find me at craftychica.com or anywhere on social at Crafty Chica. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all of them. I'll be there. I just love talking with you today. So we'll have an article with you too on our blog and um, people can check it out. Okay. Thank you, Katie. Sounds like it's going to be a busy Crafty Chica day. Yes. Have a good one. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and review Jewelry Artist on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Jewelry Artist is a production of Golden Peak Media and Interweave. It's hosted and produced by me, Katie Hacker. We had help from Tamara Hahnemann and Merle White with special thanks to the team at Lapidary Journal Jewelry Artist Magazine. This episode was recorded and edited by Chad Franzen. Our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.